Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room office kids playroom or home gym well you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant musty air for over 20 years the easy breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty damp air for cleaner drier healthier air take charge of your indoor air with your own easy breathe ventilation system you can get it installed or diy kits are available just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. Welcome to Righteous Convictions with Jason Flom, the podcast where I have the privilege of speaking to some of today's most prominent and active agents of change, people who see the wrong in the world and are driven to make it right. My guest today is directly descended from the Oklahoma community of Greenwood, also known as Black Wall Street, the site of the infamous 1921 Tulsa massacre in which hundreds of black citizens were killed by white marauders. Sadly, our guest came face to face with those same forces of injustice when her twin brother was murdered by police shortly after their 40th birthday. If I think about my ancestors here in Black Wall Street who fought to rebuild and who fought for their community. Think about the black men who were killed, just like Terrence, with their hands in the air by the same police department that killed innocent black men back in 1921 and burned down my great-grandmother's community. It's the same police department, the same state-sanctioned violence that killed Terrence almost 100 years later. What has changed But instead of giving in to despair and anger, Dr. Crutcher chose to turn that tragedy into her life's work, fighting relentlessly and courageously for justice on behalf of not just her brother, but countless other people of color affected by police violence, brutality, and racism. Right now on Righteous Convictions, the woman known as America's sister, Dr. Tiffany Crutcher. Welcome back to Righteous Convictions. Today's episode, well, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. The the woman who I'm interviewing today is somebody that I'm actually in awe of. And you're going to find out why very shortly. So without further ado, I want to introduce my esteemed guest, Dr. Tiffany Crutcher. Doc, welcome to Righteous Convictions. 
Thank you so much, Jason. It is so good to be here and to to see your face again. I'm I'm honored. So, Dr. Crutcher, I call you Doc. I know people call you Tiffany. You're not so formal and fancy, but nonetheless, I think it's the respectful thing to do. You've had an extraordinary life, but you've had extraordinary lives before your life. And I'm talking about, of course, was it your great-grandmother that lived in Tulsa during the infamous race riots of 1921? Yes, absolutely. It was my great-grandmother, my my father's grandmother, Rebecca Brown Crutcher, who lived in one of the most prosperous economic enterprises uh, in the grim days of Jim Crow, Jason. And I, I didn't even know about it until I went off to college. And so uh, I come from greatness. I come from Black excellence. Uh, success is in my DNA. And so yeah, I'm I'm really proud of uh my ancestral legacy um that once possessed uh the community of Greenwood in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Right. And just quickly what we're referring to is what was known back then as Black Wall Street, which was sort of the epicenter of black culture, success, excellence, an area where the black community had come together to build a, a almost a utopian situation. I've, I'm, this is probably a slight exaggeration, but where there were black people who were bankers and doctors and lawyers, and were they were thriving, and that created um, a, a situation where the whites in the area became very. Um, I'm going to say jealous. Uh, jealous, yeah, that's that's right. That's exactly it. You're spot on. And then in May of 1921, a young black man, a shoe shiner named Dick Rowland, was falsely accused of assaulting a white woman in a hotel elevator and arrested. While he was in jail, a group of vigilantes tried to kidnap and lynch him, which led to a confrontation between black and white armed mobs. Shots were fired, things escalated quickly, and over the next few days, white rioters invaded, looted, and burned the Greenwood community to the ground. It's been estimated that as many as 300 people were killed. But your great-grandmother miraculously and thankfully survived. And thank goodness she did, because that led to you and your, I could say, your innate sense of justice, which was born out of her legacy and that sense of Black excellence you mentioned before. And just to go through a little bit of your bio, you have a BA in medicine and a clinical doctorate as well, from Langston University and Alabama State University, the only HBCU in the state of Oklahoma. And you're also a graduate of the James W. Wright Leadership Development Institute in Montgomery, Alabama. Now, that's just a small slice of your incredible accomplishments, but it was the incident that involved your twin brother, Terrence, that set your life on the trajectory it's on now. So tell us about you and your twin brother, and you have some other brothers too, is that right? It was actually four of us. I was the only girl. I had three three brothers, um, actually five, but one of my brothers passed away before Terrence and I were born of SIDS, of crib death, and that was two years before us. And so we had an older brother, Joey, uh, who actually, unfortunately, passed away in 2014 uh, of stage four colon cancer. And of course... We'll talk about what happened to Terrence in 2016, and and then we had a baby brother two years behind Terrence and I, uh, Darrell, who is still with us, who was actually just released from prison after 19 years for a nonviolent 
uh, drug crime uh, that they say. And so uh, we've fought every aspect of this system. My family has been affected all the way from state-sanctioned violence to this war on drugs to uh, a flawed healthcare system. And and then I'll just say that my, my dear mother um, passed away in 2021 of uh, the infamous novel coronavirus, totally unexpected. And so, you know, when you say this, this wonderful life, I, I wouldn't wish my life on anyone, but I hope that people will see resilience and strength and, you know, have a reason to keep fighting. Yeah, I would say remarkable would be the word I would use to describe your life because of the fact that you have um, endured and overcome such tragedies that would, I think, break a lesser human into little pieces and um, just be laying on the floor in a corner somewhere in a fetal position and no one could blame you after everything you've been through. And But let's talk about your twin brother. Your twin brother was a man who had no criminal history, no, not, and by the way, if he did, it wouldn't matter. Nobody deserves the fate that befell him. But Tell us about your brother. Yeah, well, well, I will just say that Terrence did have a few uh, run-ins with the law because he was dealing with addiction. And when you're dealing with addiction, uh, you know, you find yourself in situations uh, because you may not be in your right mind or, uh, you know, and this this city, this state, they haven't really done a a great job at at coming up with alternatives and diversion programs or investing money in into mental health but but to tell you about my my brother Terrence my twin of course uh we were 3 minutes apart you know he came out first he always made it clear that he was the big brother uh even though i felt like i guided him along. And so we we had that argument many birthdays. You would never find us apart. I mean, we were in the same classrooms whenever we went on field trips. They would not separate us. And finally, when we got ready to decide which high schools we wanted to go to, uh, of course, me being the overachiever that I was, I I went to Booger T. Washington, the the, the smart school, <laughs> they call it. And he said, I want to go play football with my friends at the school in the neighborhood. And that's when we finally separated. But I cannot remember a time that we didn't celebrate our birthday up until the last birthday. I went off to college. I was in Montgomery, Alabama. And we would still, my parents would still get us a birthday cake that said, happy birthday, Terrence and Tiffany. There was something, Jason, special about twins. And uh, he loved to sing. He was a gospel singer. You would find Terrence in church every Sunday, even through his struggles, because that's the place he found solace. He loved to cook. He called himself the rib king. You know, one of his specialty dishes was chicken spaghetti. And he loved his children with all of his heart. And uh, he had just started school or started back school. He was enrolled at Tulsa Community College. And uh, the day he was tragically executed, he was leaving school. And 15 minutes later, he was dead. And, uh, you know, I was in Montgomery and got that call from one of my cousins who lived in Dallas at the time, Jason. And 
She asked me when was the last time I called home. I said, it's been a couple of days. She said, I think you need to call home. And I said, what's wrong? And she got quiet and I said, spit it out. She said, I heard something about Terrence. I think he's dead. And I immediately hung up the phone. My body went numb. And I got in my car and I started driving and my hands were shaking on the steering wheel. And I said, why haven't my my mom or dad called? They would have called by now. 30 minutes went by, an hour went by, two hours went by, and I was praying the whole time, please don't let this be true. And I thought that maybe it wasn't because I hadn't heard from my parents and Then my phone started blowing up, 918 area code. That's the Tulsa area code. And that area code kept coming through. It was all sorts of people, family and friends, and I would not answer. I said, I will not pick up this phone until it's either my mom or dad. And finally, I saw daddy pop up on the screen. And I didn't want to answer. And I went to a friend's house and he said, you need to answer. When I answered the phone, Jason, it was my father, my hero. On the other end of the phone line, hysterical, screaming, they killed my son. They killed my son. And I had never heard my father cry like that. And I said, Dad, who killed Terrence and he said the police and we are in the hospital and they won't let us see him they're treating us like criminals there's police officers everywhere and I I just lost it I think I blanked out at that moment and uh, I tried to get in my car and drive home and my friend said you can't drive home and it's a 12-hour drive from Alabama to Oklahoma And so I got on the first plane smoking the next morning, made it to the home. Homicide detectives finally made it to tell my parents what happened. Didn't even have enough decency to talk to them the night before. And that's when I decided that I'm not going to let them get away with this. I remember wanting to to, to go down to Florida to, to, to protest what happened to Trayvon Martin. I remember wanting to go to, to Baltimore and, 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 and protest what happened to Freddie Gray. I remember wanting to go to, to, to Ferguson to protest what happened to, to Michael Brown, but I never in a million years would have thought that I would be on the other side of it, that I would be in the same place and shoes that Sabrina and Leslie And those families were in at a press conference with a Ben Crump, with the attorney DeMario Solomon Simmons. But I told them, this is war. You all killed the wrong person. You didn't know that he came from a family that loved him, a community that loved him, a community that my parents, my mom and dad grew up in that they served with all of their hearts. And I declared war on state-sanctioned violence. And, you know, it's really common that 
the police, their spokespeople, they get out ahead of the situation and they start controlling the narrative right out the gate. And they told everybody that Terrence wasn't complying, that Terrence was belligerent, that Terrence was attacking uh, the police officer. And that's the reason why he was killed. He didn't comply. So he had to die. And so we demanded that they release the footage, any video footage. And it just so happened, Jason, that there was a helicopter flying overhead who had a police officer in it by the name of Dave Shelby, who was Betty Shelby's husband, her husband. And you could hear through the audio them saying that that looks like a bad dude. What does a bad dude look like that far up in the air? You tell me what bad dude intentionally is enrolled in community college. You tell me what bad dude is singing at church every single Sunday. You tell me what bad dude tells his twin sister that I'm going to make you proud and God is going to get the glory out of my life. All I could suspect is that they saw the color of his skin and I made a promise that I wouldn't let hate, racism, or bigotry control my brother's story, control my family's narrative. And I haven't rested since. Righteous Convictions with Jason Flom is super excited and honored to have the support of a great organization like Galaxy Gives. Galaxy Gives leads the philanthropic efforts of the Novogratz family. They invest in organizations, campaigns, and leaders who are directly impacted by and working to dismantle the current punitive justice system. Galaxy Gives also builds power for the communities most harmed by mass incarceration and forges transformative solutions for responding to that harm. They envision a society where the structural barriers created by racism, poverty, and inequality are no more, where instead all people have the dignity, freedom, and rights needed to thrive. took a while for me to get that visual of Terrence lying in the street like roadkill out of my head. It took a while. I have yet to see him being executed. I cannot watch the video, but I couldn't help but see his body on, on, on the ground because it was plastered onto every media outlet. It was plastered on the front page of, of the Tulsa world. They didn't even render aid. They trampled over him. And they went to go check and see if Betty Jo Shelby was okay. And they told her not to render first aid. And she was a trained EMT, had over $20,000 worth of medical equipment. And they said, don't touch him because there's going to be a bunch of black people mad. That was what came out of the criminal trial. But I will say because of the pressure... For the first time in the history of Tulsa, Oklahoma, for the first time in a hundred years, a police officer was indicted 
for the first time. And we just knew that we were going to get justice. And fast forward, Betty Shelby went to a criminal trial. She was charged with first degree manslaughter. And they deliberated, the jury deliberated for nine hours. I knew somebody was back there fighting for us. Uh, but they came back with a verdict of not guilty. And that night I said, I would not rest until I transformed policing, just not in the city of Tulsa or the state of Oklahoma, but across this country. And I've been doing just that before George Floyd was killed, before Breonna Taylor was killed. I frequented Capitol Hill, did briefings, testified before House Judiciary Committees, asking them to change the use of force standard, asking that they abolish qualified immunity. And if they would have taken those recommendations and put them into effect, maybe George would be alive. Maybe Breonna Taylor would be alive. And so am I exhausted? Yes, I am. But can I complain and rest? No, I cannot because I think about the shoulders that I stand on. I think about John Lewis who continued to fight until his death. I think about my ancestors here in Black Wall Street who, who fought to rebuild and who fought for their community. I think about the black men who were killed just like Terrence with their hands in the air by the same police department that killed innocent black men back in 1921 and burnt down my great grandmother's community. It's the same police department, the same state sanctioned violence that killed Terrence almost 100 years later. What has changed? You know, what's remarkable about this story, aside from so many other things, is that the jury, my understanding is that they acquitted Officer Shelby of what should have been obvious to any jury, maybe anywhere except Oklahoma, maybe anywhere except America, a first degree manslaughter. But they did say that she was no longer fit to serve on the police force. Um, and I think most people probably now are breathing a sigh of relief, thinking that she's no longer out there with the ability to take the lives of more other innocent people or who knows what else she's done. But that's not how it works in America. Doc, can you explain what happened and what I'm referring to here? Yeah, sure. Um, I get triggered too, and I'm trying not to get emotional. I've shared this story so many times, and it never gets easier to talk about this. Um, even though it's been a little bit over five years, it seems like it was just yesterday. But yeah, the jury came out. There ended up being three blacks on the jury. Initially, it was two, and there was a black man who was an alternate and one of the uh, white women got sick. And so he ended up being in the deliberating room and the jury foreman pinned a letter to the verdict and no one had ever seen, no expert had ever seen anything 
like that happen before. And I'm paraphrasing what they simply stated is that um, she should never be a parole officer again and that she's not blameless. You know, and so what they did was they acquitted her, but they didn't really exonerate her. And they said because of the way the laws were written, they had to render this verdict that they had no other options. Of course, that broke my heart. And a few days later, one of the jurymen went and spoke to the media and he said that he's been haunted. He can't sleep. He should have hung the jury. He said it was split 50-50 and everybody was stuck. And finally that they got tired and hungry. And they just start flipping their answers to not guilty so they could go home. And I talk with some of the people within the DA's office and they said they didn't have money in their budget to feed the jury. And I said, well, damn, I would have went and at least bought them pizza. And so I don't feel that they were empowered to be there that long. And I, I do think that the DA, at least he brought charges, but I think that, that they did a shoddy job and they didn't bring any in any use of force experts. He just thought it was clear and convincing. And we're in Oklahoma. The other side, they hired actors and all sorts of people. They spent a lot of money. The FOP spent a lot of money protecting someone who was unleashed onto our community, who had a record herself of drug use, who had restraining orders on her, who should have never been allowed to carry a gun, who was let go at the Sheriff's Department in Tulsa, who was let go from Tulsa Public Schools because of her violent temperament. But yet, because her new husband, Dave Shelby, was on the force and there's a, a culture of nepotism within Tulsa Police Department, there's a good old boy system, they let her on the force anyway. And they unleashed this violent cop onto our community. And as a result, my brother was killed. She should have never been a police officer. And to add insult to injury, Jason, after she was acquitted, they allowed this woman to go around the country training other law enforcement officers on how to, how to survive the aftermath of a critical incident. How to get away with murder. How to deal with what she called the Ferguson effect. And black activists. An incident that Terrence didn't survive. And she went on 60 Minutes and said, I would rather be tried by 12 than to be carried out by 6. And she said she had never been so afraid in her life. And then she said, he made me do it. He made me do it. But yet in her testimony and in her statement, she said Terrence wasn't 
threatening her physically or verbally, and that she thought he was having a mental health crisis or that he could have been high on something. So instead of helping him, instead of protecting and serving, she gives him a bullet and she says that she, he was tracking her. Terrence had a prosthetic eye. Terrence was disabled. Terrence was hard of hearing. People didn't know that. And so I, I often think about or ponder or wonder what Terrence was thinking those last few minutes with helicopters looming and mobs of white police officers coming toward him. He didn't know what was going on. And with the limited mental capacity that he had, he remembered to do what my father taught him. And that was to put his hands in the air. So, anyway, I hope I'm making him proud by keeping his legacy alive. And granted, I can't bring him back. But he has a son who just turned 10 years old, who was four years old at the time, going on five when he was killed. But his son, Terrence Jr., is the spitting image. He's like my little twin reincarnated. But I have to fight like hell to make sure that Terrence Jr. doesn't have his dad's same fate, which is why we started the foundation in his honor. dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity, and it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Tired of restless nights? 
Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Talk to us a little bit about the work that you're doing now. Um, of course, I'm talking about Oklahomans for Criminal Justice Reform, the Medcares Foundation, the historic Greenwood Main Street, Justice for Greenwood Foundation on the board of directors, and then the U- United Justice Coalition, where you and I serve together. I mean, I'm not even going to try to list all the awards and honors you've received because they would become dizzying, but we'll put links in the bio. So... What is what what like what's the what is your day? You get out of bed. What's the first thing on your mind when you wake up in the morning? Coffee, probably, right? <laughs> well, well, you know what? I don't drink coffee. I, I don't because I'm, I'm caffeine sensitive, and I would be bouncing off the walls, and I don't need any more energy. Um, but I, I get up at four thirty every morning, um, Jason, and that is my meditation time. That is the time that I feed my mind. And I work on my mental toughness and I starve my doubts, whether it's a daily devotion, whether it's uh, a podcast, whether it's uh, a nice song. But I do that every single morning because if I don't feed my mind or commit my thoughts to something positive or something healthy, I don't know if I would make it through the day because my own thoughts are too toxic and the world is too toxic for me to navigate and fight this fight. And so that's what I do every morning. And then I start to return emails. Uh, I try to plan my week on Sunday nights because if I don't plan my week, something is going to slip through the cracks. And then I have to prioritize. I have to prioritize what's urgent, what's lingering, uh, what can wait. And so my day is is back-to-back meetings. Uh, if I'm not in back-to-back meetings, I am trying to build relationships. If I'm not building relationships, I'm taking care of dad or or the kids. If I'm not doing that, I'm trying to figure out what my next move is. How am I going to fulfill the mission uh, of this foundation and make sure um, that what happened to Terrence or what happened to, to our community in Greenwood doesn't happen again? And so I'm always sort of thinking and, and praying and trying to make sure that my my next move is my best move. And and what I haven't really gotten good at is carving out that that time for me, with the exception of my daily devotion in the morning, but really saying, you know what, some of this can wait. It's not going anywhere. And so yeah, my days are 
are, are pretty full and I find myself leaving the office, um, you know, late into the evenings sometimes. Well, you, you become known as America's sister. And I think that's a beautiful, um, a beautiful title. And the Terrence Crutcher Foundation, otherwise known as TCF, now named obviously after your twin brother, on which you serve as the executive director. And the primary focus of the foundation is criminal justice and policing reform, no surprise there, as well as providing scholarships to African-American students, community and youth development and policy advocacy. And you were recently awarded, among all the other <laughs> things you've been um, honored for, but importantly, you were recently given a Galaxy Gives Fellowship this, just this year, right? So tell us about TCF. Yes. Well, TCF, Terrence Crutcher Foundation, um, you know, we like to say that we work in three buckets or three pillars, and that's, at, that's advancing policy, uh, strengthening communities, and honoring the legacy of our ancestors. And so through that advancing policy bucket, we're building a, a massive organizing apparatus uh, here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We realize that in in this state, we're going to have to build a base of, of, of people who care about this work. Organizing is the secret sauce. That's the only way we're going to advance policy. So that's really priority right now. Uh, we're, we're fighting for um, uh, OIM, oversight uh, bodies of our police department. We're fighting for reparations. We're tackling all of the treacherous bills that are being passed down or signed into law, like the anti-protest bills, critical race theory, um, but as far as strengthening communities, we've just launched a restorative justice pilot trying to find alternatives to policing, incorporating mental health, training up community members to deal with crisis response. And then, of course, honoring the legacy of our ancestors still in this fight for reparations for what happened 100 years ago, fighting for repair, respect and restitution. And I'm so grateful to Galaxy Gives for, you know, investing into me and believing in me and, and this work that we do uh, across the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, amen to that. And thank you again for the incredible work you're doing. Now, before we finish up here, I want to invite our listeners to tune in next week when my guest will be Adnan Khan. Adnan spent 16 years behind bars under California's felony murder statute for a crime in which he was not the killer. But what he did when he came out is nothing short of amazing. So tune in and listen. I know you're going to want to hear this story. You're, you're going to have a hard time forgetting it. It's tragic and beautiful and powerful. you got to hear this story. So, Doc, here's how we wrap up the show. Two things, and the first one's a question. Here it goes. You ready? If I had a magic wand and could grant you one wish, just one, what would it be? Wow, Jason. <laughs> I would... <laughs> Man, I only get one wish. I would rewrite the Constitution of the United States of America. <laughs> that's a good one. We've never heard that one before on the show, but that's a good one. I'm with you on that. And I can imagine some of the changes that you would make, because I think we'd be totally aligned on that as we are on most things. And then the closing of the show is simply called Words of Wisdom, and it works like this. I'm going to, first of all, thank you again for your your almost otherworldly courage and determination and advocacy. But Words of Wisdom works like this. I'm going to uh, turn my microphone off, 
this kick back in my chair with my headphones on and just listen to anything else you want to share with me and our audience. Wow. Well, first of all, Jason, uh, it's definitely been a privilege and, and an honor. I'm truly humbled to, to share this platform with you today. You know, I'm always grateful when, when people allow me to keep my brother's name alive because there's been so many that's come after him. And sometimes we get swallowed up, you know, and the, the fights get suppressed. But I appreciate this platform and, and you uh, putting a spotlight on, on what needs to change in this country. But what I would share with your listeners is that we have to get good at controlling our stories and controlling the narrative. And we have to get mad. We have to get mad. And what that simply means is an acronym for make a decision. We have to make a decision to never stop fighting for the least of these. We have to stop making decisions as to who or what deserves our outrage, Jason. Any type of injustice deserves our outrage. Terrence Crutcher deserves your outrage. Black lives deserve your outrage. Julius Jones deserves your outrage. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, we had one of the most prosperous black meccas in the nation. I can't help but think about J.B. Strafford who had a three-story hotel with chandeliers and, 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 and Lula Williams, who had a car and we had airplanes and we had doctors and we had lawyers. And, and, but it was a love story. Greenwood was simply a love story. And it wasn't the love story you would think about when they talk about Dick Rowland, the black boy who allegedly assaulted Sarah Page, an elevator operator. And rumors have it that they were in love, but that's not the love story that I'm, I'm speaking of. I'm speaking about the community of Greenwood, the black men and women, the World War I veterans, because they loved every community member, not just the members who owned businesses, who had money, but they loved Dick Rowland, who was the simple shoeshine boy. And they went and they risked their life to make sure that he wasn't lynched. That's what the community of Greenwood represented. That's the true love story. And so I challenge everyone to be outraged when you see injustice hits your television screen or your workplace or your community. Fall in love with what the Constitution and the ideal of it is supposed to represent. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that's why I fight so hard because I love so hard and justice work is simply a radical act of love. And I won't rest 
And I always like to end with the great late Ella Baker, Jason, those who believe in freedom cannot rest. Thank you for listening to Righteous Convictions with Jason Flom. I'd like to thank our production team, Connor Hall, Annie Chelsea, Jeff Clyburn, Lila Robinson, and Kevin Wardis. The music in this production was supplied by three-time Oscar-nominated composer Jay Ralph. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Lava for Good. You can also follow me on both TikTok and Instagram at It's Jason Flom. Righteous Convictions with Jason Flom is a production of Lava for Good Podcast in association with Signal Company Number 1. dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from undercover tourists. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from undercover tourists and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with undercover tourists now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today.